I heard this this saying that, you know, if a math teacher teaches you two plus two is four, and then he goes home and murders his wife, is two plus two still four? <laughs> right, that's truth, you know, right? We, right, yeah. we, we don't own the truth. <laughs> What's up? All right, so this is the first episode of the Prodigal Theology Podcast. This one is raw and unfiltered. I sat down with Mark, a really good friend of mine, and we just kind of talked over a lot of what I want the podcast to be about and just kind of spitball, got the ideas rolling, and just had a good conversation. Truth be told, we did record this almost a year ago, but finally got enough episodes in the backlog that we can start releasing them. So let me know what you think of this. Leave some comments down below what you'd like to see in the future. I'm pretty excited. It's going to be a weekly show, and then we're going to have some other content coming out during the week. So make sure you subscribe, check us on the socials, and yeah, tell me what you think of the show. So this is the first podcast. Don't know what we're doing yet, but we're going to figure it out today. And uh, with me today, we got oh, we got Mark. Thank right you. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Exciting. Yeah. So... Yeah, what what is this podcast about? Um, honestly, I don't know. But my subline is going to be casual conversations about the complexities of Christianity. So just kind of the idea is like, let's just have a conversation and really just, I don't know, talk about things that get complicated. So I don't know. Any thoughts? What do you think about that? No, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what my mouth is going to come up with. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, yeah, so I guess tell the people a little bit about yourself. I don't know. Okay, well, um, I'm from Kansas City. I work for uh, a manufacturing company. It's called uh, Accelerate Manufacturing, which is predominantly mostly um, electrical equipment. And so... I'm a, on a small team, and we kind of just do detailed drawings of how to put stuff together. So yeah, Mark makes some pretty uh, pretty crazy 3D models. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess our affiliation would be we met through a, a Bible school up here called Timberline Timberline Ministries. Uh, it's a gap year program. So Mark has been the resident uncle. For a little bit, yeah. As Not, well, you, you as well. So. That's right. It's it's yeah, good. We're the, it's good. The two uncles, yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's interesting dealing with eighteen year old. I don't want to say dealing with, but you know, talking with eighteen year olds and. Well, yeah. Sometimes you're dealing with them. Lots <laughs> <laughs> to deal with. Yeah, um, but it is interesting the things that they come up with, and I think that uh, they're at that age where sometimes you're like, you are the dumbest person I've ever met, but then also you're like, wow, like. That makes me feel like an idiot because you're so young and you already have this amazing perspective. Yeah, I've definitely been around those kind of people. I'm like, wow, I'm way behind here. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, I got to catch up. <laughs> well, and then, then, the, then the idea is, can I pretend like I'm on par with this person? Because <laughs> I am supposed to be a, in charge of things, so. Right? Yeah. yeah um, so I guess that leads us into... I got to figure out a name for this podcast. So throughout the show today, going to need you just to put your thinking cap on. See what comes up, you know? I don't know. Um, yeah, we're going to try to figure it out. I don't know what the name will be, but uh, the other day we were sitting here talking and we were like, hey, you know, we, we I think what I was talking to... Uh, Dan the other night and I told yeah. him like I was like oh yeah Mark's gonna be my first guest and then I, I told him what I told you I was like I'm gonna put him on first so that he doesn't offend anybody <laughs> and I think that you and I both have the same personality in that we we really don't care about being right we care more about the truth but a lot of times that people think that we're just really caught up on being right uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I, I care about the truth, uh, and so in my pursuit of the truth, uh, I could be wrong. Right. Uh, but I don't mind being wrong. Exactly. But I do want to be right. So, I'm, I mean, if I'm going to talk about something, you know, I'm going to be as right as I think I am. Right. Like, I, I speak with confidence because I think I'm right. It doesn't mean that I'm locked in. Yeah, and I don't, I don't I mean, it doesn't bother me if someone uh, refutes. Feuds me on what I'm, 
and I want that. I want someone to be comfortable enough to, you know, blow holes in whatever I believe. Right. Yeah. And, the, uh... and if they can do that, great. I am willing to change my mind. Yeah. So. Yeah, I took a personality test, and uh, it came back as I was a debater, and it it was like everything I was reading about was like so spot on. It's like one of the things is you're very abrasive, and you can cause like you can almost essentially lose friends because you're you're so about the questioning of things, and then like for me, I'm always just like pressing into stuff. People are like, why why do you even care? Like, stop. Who cares? Well, uh, do you like that title? Oh yeah. You do. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, well, there's a negative connotation there too. Definitely. Because the thing is, I, I don't want people to think I'm. I just, I, I just want to pounce and just argue for the sake of arguing because those people are really annoying. Right. Right. I mean, in that sense of a title, you wouldn't want that. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's to me. I've got like almost like uh, a touch of autism in the fact that like <laughs> things that aren't true really frustrate me. Yeah. Like you could be like, hey, you know, like. Uh, Tuesday, we went to that ball game, and I'd be like, no, it was Wednesday. And you'd be like, no, it was Tuesday. But I would know it was Wednesday, and it would just, it would frustrate me that you didn't think and, it was, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't And they're really frustrated because you're, they're wondering why you're dying on this hill. Right. And yeah. you're just like, well, it happened on Wednesday, so w we should just accept that and keep moving. Right. <laughs> like, I don't care that I'm right. It's just, if I know I'm right, I'm kind of a little pretentious and obnoxious, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I would say I'm I'm the same way. Uh, I mean, I guess I've learned to kind of let certain things go, and and really it, it does for me. It determines who I'm arguing with. Mm. I mean, there are many times when I'm arguing with a person, I'm like, this is not a hill to die on. I mean, I I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but there are certain people where you know I know in some senses they have the same kind of mindset as me, and. They care about the truth, and so, and they might be wrong, just like I could be wrong. Yeah, and I'll I'll say something. So, yeah, I think it definitely kind of does have a negative side to it, but it's like it's also it's a curiosity that's like I'm really pressing into things, and I will I will come at you if you believe something different than me, and it's not like, oh man, I I have to prove you wrong. It's that I'm coming at you hard because I want to test what you think is true mm -hmm. because I, i'm like okay well if you believe this is true then let, let's let's go mm -hmm. like let's dive at this and then i really want to come out of the other side with a better understanding of if i'm wrong it will have been revealed by like let's just say the line of questioning mm -hmm. and then being like oh wow like they made some really good points i need to go think on that um but i think yeah it can rob people the wrong way sometimes do you ever do you ever flip in the moment like someone question you on anything that you believe and you just flip in the moment like like, like you're like that yeah they're right they're definitely right I, i'm i'm or do you have to or do you have to kind of save face a little bit um, and just be like hmm well i don't know if you're right <laughs> and then you go home <laughs> and then you say in your mind they're definitely right but you don't get back to them <laughs> i i would definitely say i i will flip in the moment um but uh, it, it's more if i if i'd seen that i'm really wrong i'll flip but if I'm like not sure, I might go home and think on it and really dive into what they yeah, were saying. Yeah, but well, I'm, I'm I'm talking about like when you know. Oh, in yeah. the moment you, you know you're you're wrong. Uh, yeah, I would probably switch then. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, let that person know? Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, you know, you were right. I mean, I, I you know, I've I, I've learned if I know that I'm wrong, it is it's super important not only for me but for that person to see me flip. You know, mm. for me, it, I think it's important. That's a good they, point. They, you know, because then you just come across as some arrogant person that's just trying to be a jerk, I guess, to me. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a good point. Like, if, if, you're not, if you're not willing to show that you can change, then, yeah, people just assume that you have this arrogance that you always have to be right, kind of because you've proved it, you know? Like, yeah. when you're obviously wrong, you won't even admit it. So. Do, you, do you feel like... Do you feel like you get that a lot? Do you think, because for me, I, I mean, you wouldn't, you, well, maybe you wouldn't be surprised, but I get, I get a lot of people and they, they think that I'm arrogant. And the thing is, I could be, and I, I'm not saying that I can't. Um, I wouldn't say that all of me wanting to be right stems from this beautiful personality that I have. 
um, and maybe it's like arrogant, you know. But no, I I definitely get that. People are like, oh, you're just arrogant. You you think you know everything, and I think that was like for me. I was always kind of a shy person, I think, growing up, even though, like, my dad was a pastor, so I grew up in the church, and so I, I learned how to, like, just be around people and talk, because I was, you know, like, you're in the church, and people always know who you are, and you got to talk to people. Um, but I was visiting uh, Asheville, and I was going to this art gallery, and I, like, was going to try to go meet some people, and I remember going in there and I was like walking around and then I finally saw the person who I knew and I was like oh hey and like we had just connected online so I'd never actually met him in person and they were like oh I thought you were, knew who you were you were like walking around so confidently and I was like what and like this idea that my actions kind of exude confidence was new to me because a lot of times I'm like no I'm not that confident and I think that was where I first started seeing like how the way that I speak, the way that I talk and walk sometimes just shows confidence, even when I don't have it. And it can rub people the wrong way because I'm like thinking I'm going into it like very open. And then they're like, no, you were just like cocky. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes I think people mistake uh, confidence for arrogance. And I think they say that because in some senses they might be annoyed a little bit. I mean, I get annoyed when I show up on a volleyball court and there's somebody better than me. I'm like, look at that arrogant person. But they're, <laughs> they're just confident, and I suck. So, Yeah, I think that's one thing that I hope to do with this podcast is really, really press into learning how to, like, pry into people mm-hmm. with grace and love. Yeah. And be like, I completely disagree with you. But let's talk about why we disagree and go from there. Um, I think that's that's my main goal. I think uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. But hopefully it goes well. Because hmm. um, I, I want to have a lot of different people on on the podcast. I want to have people you know, the, in Christianity right now. There's just so many different views on things. And I think we, as Christians, can be very violent towards other Christians just because they have a different belief than us. Um, and it's, it's not always like things that really matter. It could be like, you know, whether you think the Sabbath is on Saturday or mm-hmm. Sunday, it's like, why does that like, you know, at the end of the day, is it really that big of a deal? Um, it's like you choose to celebrate it on some day. Um, and as long as you have that day, I don't know. There's just- well, you know, I, I, I have a good question for you. And this is something I've been thinking about recently is, who defines what a major and a minor is? Because, you know, obviously you could make up majors like Jesus died on the cross, blah, blah, blah. And everybody would agree with that. But then there's other things that other people think are majors and other people think are minors. Yeah. Right. And so who determines what that is? You know, because the thing is, if you determine a minor, what I consider a major, then we're going to be at an impasse. And... I feel like that's one of the biggest problems that we have, and especially as, you know, in the churches that I've been in and the people I've talked to, I think it's a big problem. I think people uh, are constantly making majors minors just so that they can, you know, say we're unified. And, you know, I was talking to my sister about this, and she made a great point. She said that, you know, we we don't unify. Uh, we're not we're unifying over the truth that God determines is true. Not necessarily, we're just unified to be unified. Because the thing is, that's not real unity, you know? Just to be like, well, you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe, right? Yeah. No, I think that's that's kind of like a big part of the heart behind this podcast is like, yeah, it's a good way to put it. I mean, there's just so many things that are very decisive but yeah it's a good point because like if somebody thinks it's not that big a deal then yeah it creates a lot of tension when the other person is like no this has to be done i think you could look at like some of the negative thoughts on like southern baptists Mm -hmm. back in the day where they were like oh you can't dance you know like that's the devil yeah right um and i think when you really press into that like a lot of it had to do with 
good intentions. Like mm-hmm. they, they saw where rock music was and they saw like this sex crazed culture, so to speak, like where it was moving. And like, if you look at today's music, you could say like, oh, they were right. They were just early. Cause like yeah. you look at some of them, like 90% of the music, it's yeah. really trash. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's a, but you know, back in the day, you would have been like, "Hey, like you can dance. It's okay because dancing isn't a sin." Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a good point. I don't know. What are your thoughts? What? Well, I mean, I, I, I think you know, I, I think the Bible's pretty clear about the majors. I, I think, you know, I think it's a, it's a big question, but I think it's something that we should all think about because I I think for me what I don't appreciate if when it comes into any form of like compromise or well I I shouldn't say that I I should say negative compromise Um, you know and I I think it's pretty obvious when it happens you know you're just trying to like you know there's that verse that says don't show partiality like if a rich guy comes to your church be like oh this guy we need to put him in front right and um, and you can tell when, you know, and this guy would say, oh, I, I believe in something that is kind of com- controversial. But you're like, well, because he's rich, we're going to give him a pass. Or be like, wow, that's really interesting. Let me get back to you on that. Instead of, you, you know what the truth is. So you should deliver that truth immediately to him. Kind of letting you know that, like, I'm not going to, I'm not backing down for you. I'm not backing down for anybody, really. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think that happens a lot. And... You know, it's a slow erosion at, you know, the church, really. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think the, the major, it, it's a big deal because I think there's a lot of implications to a lot of different views. But I think as we understand who God is, that, that I think it's revealed. And, um, and I think it should be, it, it would be evident and standard for all Christians. I yeah. I, th- I think the reason why most denominations no, people might think I'm off on this but I think really I think the reason why most denominations exist is because you know we don't have this pure understanding of who God is cuz you know I don't think God recognizes denominations definitely not yeah yeah I think to to summarize the first part would be yeah I think the easy answer would be the majors are like, we're all sinners. The only way that you can get to heaven would be Jesus. And that would kind of be it, essentially. But I think that's kind of a cop-out. But I think there's some issues in between, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, one big thing that... Well, you know, like, like, like sometimes I... I've, well, I don't want to jump. No. But, I mean, like, when it... Like, you know, people might think, like, uh, having smoke and whatever music... For their church, that's a major. This is important. This is important mm. to get people. Is it? You know. And so, if people come at them and say maybe it's too much of a show, are they? You know, are they wrong? Are they right? Yeah, I think it just depends on where the heart of the ministry is. Is it whether people are impressed or is it like? I think to avoid that, but also counter the thought is. Um, things like culturally acceptable things in, di- in different regions of the world. So the example would be here, yoga. Like there's people that do church yoga like at their church. Like they'll have a yoga ministry. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> when I was in Nepal, I had very long discussions with one of the locals that I became friends with about how yoga was like idolatry like it was of the devil and it's because yoga was invented over there and they they knew like the gods that people were doing these poses were made to worship these gods um and so we ultimately i I very early on in that argument or discussion i should say came to the conclusion like you know meat of idols like okay like here in nepal like definitely can't do yoga as a christian um but the bigger question of that was, can God redeem that? 
And my answer was yes. Um, but I still didn't think you should do it over there. But it was like whether or not yoga was acceptable for Christians. To me, I was like, yeah, I think if my heart is in it, as I am doing this for health, I saw no issue with it. But I, I wrestle with that of like, okay, but it was originally made as this demonic worship. It was worshiping these gods, but has it been redeemed? Can it be redeemed um, for the health benefits that come out of it? So, I mean, basically, it's, you're stretching. <laughs> right? I mean... Well, not so much. I mean, I think that, like, a Christian here who's never... who learns yoga and is completely separated from the origins of it, that person, to me, is not doing anything wrong. Because they are unaware of it, so how they can't be worshiping something they're unaware of. That's what I feel. Whether or not that's right, that's kind of a gray area. We're like, okay, but are you? And I think that the meat of idols kind of really dives into that. Of like, okay, Paul says, like, you know, it's fine to eat this because, you know, it's whatever. But he also says, like, don't do it for the people that are in your church. Um, so that you won't cause them to stumble, so they won't go back to the life that they just escaped. Um, which is like, you know, why I was like, if if you're in Nepal, like, definitely don't be doing any yoga stuff because then it just compromises Christianity over there, and it causes, like, the guy who I was talking to in Nepal, one of his things was, yeah, like, we get these white people that come over here and go to these Hindu temples and all this, and then the Nepalese Christians come at us and be like, why can't you just be accepting like you're white Christians? Because they just assume that all white people are Christian. Um, and so it, like, it has compromised their faith and they have to like deal with that to be like, no, like this is why we won't do it. Um, but to go back to the American stuff of it's like, yeah, people get caught up on things that don't really matter. Um, I would say those are kind of different because one's actually worshiping God, one's just kind of worshiping oneself in a way of hmm. making us look weird, like we're the cool church. Yeah. And yeah, that's definitely, I mean, that was the big problem with youth ministry. I don't know, you know, I feel like when I was growing up, like it was just the pizza parties and the games. Right. 10 minutes of talking. No disrespect right. to any of my youth pastors out there, but it was with good intentions. They were like, all right, we got to do something to get kids into church. And the right. idea was if we get kids into church, it'll lead to better things. Yeah. Is it I, wrong? But I don't know. It wasn't necessarily fruitful. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think good intentions and sincerity are overemphasized virtues in the church. I'm not saying they're not important. They are, but they're overemphasized in the sense that anytime you look at genuineness and sincerity in the Bible, uh, it didn't always go well. Meaning, you know, uh, Peter was very genuine when he said, you know, I, I'll exactly never, I I'll never, I'll never deny you ever. I'll die for you. Yeah. And then he, you know, he obviously didn't do any of that. Or when Abraham said, I'm going to help God have a child. So he creates an Ishmael. Or, uh, you know, when Uzzah sticks his hand up and stop, you know, tries to keep the ark from falling over. He was genuine. He was sincere. Right. David knew that. But God goes, you didn't obey, so I'm going to kill you anyway. Yeah. And so um, that's what genuineness and sincerity give you without the truth. I mean, they're not, not important. They are. But, you know, it's, they're only important with the truth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think something that cuts through all that, I mean, it's a big can of worms, I think. Yeah. And you can only, I, I guess, really tackle it one uh situation at a time but I, I think for me the thing that i kind of understand is you know i think ian thomas said this he goes christianity is not defined by what you do but who's doing it right and i think uh you know god gives wisdom to christians in the moment no matter what it is and i think i, I don't think it's it's an individualistic thing i think across the board uh you know no matter what the subject is people if they're living by the spirit it would come out the same in the sense of reaction to you know something weird like you know like meat served to idols you know i don't care where you've come from if you're 
op- being operated by the Spirit, you're going to be like, hey, I shouldn't do this. If you're reading your Bible enough, you should know that you probably if, – if there's someone who's offended by it, you're not going to eat it. If no one's there that's offended by it, you're going to – you know, you're going to eat it and not have any problem with it. And I, I think that's a universal thing. And I think that's for most deals. Yeah, I mean, I think the key to say there is recognizing that it wasn't wrong to eat the meat. It was just not healthy for the members of the church who had come from that. Because I think that's like, you know, it's not like, oh, eating... I mean, Paul's very clear that it's not wrong, but it's not helping the church grow. And so, yeah, like you said, like you're learning to submit to the Spirit to say, okay, I'm going to allow myself. Um, I heard a pastor once say it very well of what things are you entitled to that you would give up so that other people would find salvation. Yeah, right. And yeah, I think that's, that's the ultimate goal. I mean, you look at Jesus and you're like, man, like everything he said he did was prompted by the spirit like he only did what the father told him to do right and it's not and it's not prompted by it's not prompted by uh you know my good intentions or my sincerity it's not uh prompted by what i think is right at the moment because i've been in situations where i want to go forward on something that uh and the holy spirit just you know speaks to my spirit and he says don't go for it but it seems so right to me and i don't know why he's saying don't go for it and then I go for it as a disobedient person, <laughs> and it ends up very, and it goes very badly. And, you know, my intentions were right. My, my sincerity was there, but it, I wasn't listening to the Spirit, so it ended poorly. So. Yeah. No, I think uh, that's, you know, growth as a Christian. It's like Peter had enough of those moments early on that I think once he actually got the Holy Spirit, he was like, oh, man, like, let's roll. And, you know, we don't want to discourage people. Like, there's always going to be things that you mess up on, like you're talking about. We're like, no, no, I I know what's best here. Right. And I'm going to go for this. And it's going to be great. Trust me, God, I got this. Right. But, oh, I think, uh, oh, we almost lost audio or video there. Um, I think, yeah, the big thing is how do you, I think for a lot of people the question is, but how do I know which spirit? is telling me to do this. Okay, growing pains, people. We had to uh, adjust a little bit. Kind of threw a wrench in it. Might have been the devil coming at us. We were getting too hot. <laughs> uh, so where were we? We were kind of talking, yeah, how do people know which spirit is leading them and how, like, the ultimate question I think any early or new Christian has is, like, you know, how how do I know God is speaking to me? How do I know God's voice? And... I think one of the best answers I've ever heard is um, from a book. I'll have to link to it. It's uh, spelled, I think it's called The Spirit Inside of You is Better Than Jesus Beside You. Hmm. Um, the idea being like the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a great book. But one of the things he says in there is um, that you know, I know you. And so like, if I was in a crowd and I heard you talking, Mm -hmm. like I would be like, Oh, Mark's here. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that the Bible is the word of God. And so as we read that, we come to know God's voice. And so then when we hear the Holy spirit prompting us that we recognize that because the Holy spirit is never going to go against the Bible. And so Mm -hmm. it's going to, it's going to, hold up and then the idea that like the more you're in the word is the more likely that you will ultimately recognize god's voice and leadership Mm -hmm. and so i thought that was a really good way to put it because i think that's one thing that you know uh, francis chan said this once he was like you know a lot of people they say oh you know i'm i'm praying you know for god to reveal this to me and he's like, but your Bible is sitting there like closed. He's like, you haven't been in your Bible in months. He's like, that's yeah. like expecting a, like a text message and having your cell phone off. Right. Like, you're never going to get it. Yeah. Like you can't just be like, oh yeah, you know, you got to you got to dive in. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's that verse that says, uh, "Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God." And I think the word of God is basically the bumper. You know, like when you're bowling, you have those bumper, whatever they're called. What are those called? Yeah, the bumpers. Yeah, bumpers. Bumper lanes. <laughs> yeah, bumper lanes. But I, I think 
and and the thing is, when you get off, that's what the Bible allow, and and and, and that it checks the Holy Spirit. I, I've seen a lot of people. You know, they're like, I can breathe Holy Spirit fire. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. What is that? <laughs> you know, I mean, are, are you reading your Bible? <laughs> I've never read that in the Bible ever. Uh, and um, but I, I think the Bible allows that. It, the purpose of the Bible is to define where the Holy Spirit can go and where it can't go, or where it wants to go. You know, and so, yeah, yeah. No, I think, yeah. That's the, I think for me, I spent some time with YWAM and that was like one of the big questions. Like when I went to YWAM, it was like Holy Spirit and learning to discern God's voice. And half of it was, man, I've been hearing God's voice the whole time. I just dismissed it as my own thoughts Mm -hmm. because I was like, that can't be God. Um, And like the easiest example of that for me was I was talking to one of my roommates and he was really struggling with something. And, uh, I kind of made reference to this scripture and he was like, Oh my gosh. He's like, Josh, you just, he's like the Holy Spirit's speaking through you, man. He's like, I was literally just reading that this morning. He's like, you know, it's just like a, and it was, I was like, wow, like sometimes that is how easy it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I'm a person who really hates like church speak. Mm-hmm. Um, growing yeah. up in the church, I like I could not stand, and people would be like, "Well, you know, if the Lord wills it, or oh, you know, I'm I'm glad that God let this happen." And I used to get pissed off. I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, you know, you just found a dollar on the ground, get over it," you know, yeah. like or whatever it was. But it was as I grow older, I'm like, "Oh no, like that that really is like recognizing that God's moving constantly, and like that, and He's He's here with you right now, and He's." He's doing things, and to dismiss that really is to just kind of stifle that. To be like, oh, actually, no, no, all these random good things—they couldn't have been from God. Um, but yeah, like growing in that, be like, no, like there's spiritual forces affecting everything that we do, mm-hmm. you know, good and bad. Um, I, I've I've had times where, um, you know, God might say. Go talk to that person. Share the gospel with that person. I'm like, no, that can't be from God. <laughs> Does God see how weird this guy looks? <laughs> and I'm obviously disobeying. Yeah. Why, why? Why would that? Why would that be a bad thing? I'm just scared, or yeah, a coward, or whatever. No, I mean, I think that's one of the most frustrating things that we have to deal with is like when. Like you, you don't do what you feel God prompting you to, and then like afterwards, you're like, ah, oh, man, I really should have done that. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I really should have done that. But it's, yeah, we we get captivated by fear, and you're just like, man, I don't know. I just, you uh, know, short story. My my old company, my uh, my my boss, he wasn't a Christian, and you you could tell like he was searching. Um, I was walk so we had we had two buildings. And I was walking to the other one, and I walked into my office, and, you know, it's a tinted window, so he can't see in, but I could see out. And he's he's staring. He's just staring, like, blank-faced. I mean, and I'm like, this guy is depressed. This guy is, he needs Jesus. And yeah. and I felt, in that moment, I felt like God was like, go talk to him right now. Right now is the perfect time. And I'm like, God, you don't know this guy. <laughs> and he he was... He was an edgy kind of a guy, and he's just kind of, I don't know, sometimes cruel in some senses. And um, I disobeyed. Mm. And uh, I I texted him later that night. I wrote him a long text, you know, basically sharing the gospel. And and I even told him that I should have said something. I I was like, you know, I felt like God wanted me to say something. I didn't say it. I don't know if that was necessary to put in the text, but (laughs) (laughs) he was probably confused. But... um, you know, he wrote me back and he's like, well, I have my own faith and it's good enough for me. And I don't know. And I do wonder, I wonder, like, I, I feel bad. You know, I'm so scared about, you know, maybe my job or whatever. And that's disappointing. But, you know, I, 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 I was one of those times I felt bad. But, you know, I think, you know, God's grace is still there. And, Definitely. I, you know, it's weird. I'm, I'm back in Springfield. And... I felt the prompting to go visit with him. He's retired now. So you should. I should. I should. Yeah. I, I think, you know, depending on 
how reformed your theology is, you know? What does that mean? It doesn't matter, you know? Oh, Oh, man. It's more about... Don't go there. Don't (laughs) go there. Should we get predestination on the first show? No, 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 no. Um, I think... uh, Well, I think two things. One, I think half of it is... It really is, like... It's a benefit to us, you know? You're, like... You're looking and you're, like, man... Half the things the Spirit prompts us to really is because of the growth that it's going to give us. It's like giving. You know, they say, like, giving really is a gift to yourself. Um, The joy that it brings, the way it separates you from a lot of things. Um, I think half the stuff God's directing us to really is just like, hey, like, do this so that you'll grow from it. But it's also so that it's simultaneously carrying out his will. Um, how that grows us closer to him, et cetera. But um, yeah, I think you should definitely go talk to him. I mean, I should. I'll do that. I'll see if I can do that when I get home. Yeah, I love it. Uh, well, I think that this is a good, good time to bump to one of the other topics that we talked about needing to discuss, and that is people who avoid conflict, but they, yeah, like. How do I put it? Yeah. So they, they'll almost tell you lies to avoid conflict. Like they, you'll say something, they don't agree with it, but they'll just agree to just end the conversation. Um, and we were talking about it the other day, and I feel like we got really fired up on it. And I was like, we got to stop talking about this because we're not going to be able to do it for the podcast. <laughs> we're not going to be fresh about it. Yet. Yeah. We, we, we got to get it going. So, yeah. I'm like, trying so wait. To... Yeah. So, real quick. When, when, when people, well, for me, when people, when people don't want to answer my questions and they're avoiding conflict, to me, it's one of two things in the sense where they don't have enough respect for me to, yeah, you know, answer the questions I think are important yeah, or they're trying to avoid it uh, just because it's it's too close to home or something or that you know they don't want to or they you know they might know that they don't know enough about it or they're wrong or something like that um yeah i uh i think that was i was just writing down okay yeah i think that was it like the as christians i feel like this is a big issue because we a lot of times in society right now we're very different than what the world view is um and so i think it's important for us to stand up for that faith but in doing that we we have to cause conflict and people are very afraid of conflict right now and what i think people don't understand is that it's a disrespect towards the other person like the big the easiest example is like people often get mad if they are eating and they have something stuck in their teeth and they go to the bathroom and they say you didn't tell me i had something stuck in my teeth why why is that? It's they're thinking if you were really my friend you would be honest to embrace the awkward tension that is hey like you you got something right here you got something stuck in your teeth and it's awkward for like 2 seconds, you know? And that's the easiest most relatable example of like things that we avoid that people need to hear. Mm-hmm. And you know, Zane Black, he's a good example of that. Like let's go really spiritual is he you know he was a basically for those that don't know him he he was a wild kid um lived a wild life got saved and he was speaking at an event and somebody came up to him and they were like man like kind of what we were talking about earlier he's like yeah god told me to talk to you back in the day and i I never did um and zane talks about how he was kind of mad at him because he never shared his faith and he Mm. was like you're like why wouldn't you tell me this Mm. like if you cared about me you would invest in my eternity. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the extreme, I think, of like, man, like we as Christians really need to sometimes embrace that conflict of like, all right, let's, let's figure out how we do this. Um, I don't know. Does, does that make sense? Like, yeah, it makes sense. But I think after you're a mature Christian, I think a lot of the conflict uh, comes when we have different beliefs. And... You know, I, I think a lot of the conflict comes when, you know, I, I, think, I think we talked about this earlier, but when it comes down to compromise, you know, like 
where compromise exists, I think there's going to be a lot of conflict. You know? Like, what do you mean there? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think, you know, where, you know, certain people who are in charge or something, uh, they're more, they're in a position where they are required to comp, or the temptation to re- to compromise is stronger you know people who are maybe like out in the audience or something or people who aren't making decisions they don't have to they don't have to they they can be super bold because they're not losing anything right but people who are in leadership they're the ones that have to um make the compromises because there's always something at stake you know whether that's your job or money or you know something else um and you know it it keeps us from being bold and you know i and i I think it's easy for people to tell people who are in leadership to be bold um but you know obviously god requires that um and you know i i think some of that conflict that i've seen in my life and just been uh, a part of um you know i i think that's given me some humility in presenting certain situations because um i am addressing someone that has a responsibility that i don't have um and the temptation is stronger than for me you know i'm like oh you know why can't you just you know tell this person off because they're obviously they, they believe the wrong thing yeah uh but the thing is i'm not i'm not worried about the the pocketbook i'm not worried about being delicate you know yeah. um and i think i'm being brave or something but you know, I'm not in that position where, you know, things are on the line. But, you know, I think. Well, let's stop there. I mean, I think that's a good. I think that's a good point of like. At what point does. Acceptance. And. Mediocrity, essentially. Come into kingdom work. Never. never. <laughs> but, you know, it's like like you were just talking about, like, you can't tell everybody off. In ministry, but but well, I mean, well, I mean, I, I, well, I mean, as I, I have admired certain men, um, who I've seen, they're like, you know what, this could be mean my job, this could mean millions of dollars, this could mean whatever, and they, they stick to, you know, their guns in a sense, or they stick to what they know is the truth, you know, defined by the Bible. And I think God blesses that. Yeah. I really do. Um, I mean, definitely. But I think there is a point where that ministry works hard. I mean, being a pastor's kid, I, I've, seen, I've seen some of that where there is a point where, like, you know, definitely politics. I mean, you can't bring politics into the church, um, even if you think that the other one is the devil or whatever it is. But you... You really have to walk this line of being like, okay, how do I shepherd this flock while being truthful and also not pissing people off so that we can continue to exist? Yeah, but, you know, I, I mean, I, I heard Ian Thomas, you know, say something that I agree with. And he says, you know, say the truth, you know, in a sense, be the truth as, as you understand it. And then let God deal with the consequences. I think that's that is in a sense the mm. what I live by. I, I'm not all the time, but I mean yeah. I think that's the idea. That's the ideal to live by. Um, I've been in situations where there's certain things on the line, and I cower, and I'm you know um, I shouldn't have, and you know the consequences get worse. And then there's been other times where. You know, uh, God's given me the grace to stick to my guns, and it it goes way better than I thought it ever would have. Yeah, and so I I think that's the that's the main deal. But I I mean, yeah, I think that's a to me it's a hard question because I I agree with you there of just really just press in, stick stick up for truth. If but you you, you God would, will honor that. You would agree that no Christian be should necessarily be afraid of conflict oh i mean i i am very on the conflict train mark i mean i i love conflict right because i i, I had to take that back i i actually i actually hate conflict 
but <laughs> I am willing to go there when I think it deserves it. I think that's wait, 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 wait. You don't mean you hate conflict? Do you no, hate I, conflict? I I don't like conflict. I'll be honest. With you. People think the opposite. People are like, "Oh, you love conflict because I'm always in conflict." Right. And I think that's what's funny to people because they're like, "You you clearly." love conflict because you exist in it and i'm like no no i don't i just there's a lot of times where i feel like something needs to be stood up for so i mean so you would say that truth drives you to conflict yeah totally because you care about the truth a lot yeah okay i would i would say i agree with that i would say the same thing people think that i'm constantly buried in conflict and you know i'll be honest it wouldn't i mean it is a combination of things. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is three things, really. It's me caring about the truth. Right. It's me being arrogant and sometimes wanting to be right. Right. And that other person could conflict all three of those things. And, you know. Yeah. No, I think totally. Like, there's, there's so many times where, I mean, gosh, this past two years have just been a treasure trove of moments to dive into, mm-hmm. you know, where you're really like excited. You're like, Oh man, like I let's go. And I, I, I enjoy a good debate. I'll, I'll like, but to me, there's a big difference in debate and conflict. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people don't understand. Like I, I, I go into a debate and I'm like, no, this is great because at the end of this, like we're going to have a better understanding of truth. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, just see it as like cats fighting in the alley. Yeah. Right. And they don't, because they themselves don't go into conversations like that and it never change. I, you know, I, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> and then maybe, maybe, this, maybe this sounds bad, but I, I literally, I don't understand why people, if you believe that you understand the truth and someone challenges it, like if somebody challenges the truth that I know, I, I love it in the sense of two outcomes. Where either I understand a better understanding of the truth through them poking holes in what I believe, yeah, or you know, uh, you know, I can defend what I know, you know, and and the thing is, and we can both, you know, benefit, right? You know, uh, you know, I I heard this this saying that, you know, if a math teacher teaches you two plus two is four, and then he goes home and murders his wife, is two plus two still four? Right, that's truth, you know, right? We, right, yeah. we, we don't own the truth, True. right? You just you can just speak the truth, right? It's a reality that both of us are in, yeah. and right? And, and, and anybody's life is better by living in the truth. That is, you know, in a sense, defined by God. Which, here's, let's, you know, I'm always down to get weird on this show. Right. Um, here's you know, a, this is our first one. Yeah. <laughs> Setting the stage. But here's a idea that I heard once that is it's really out there, but it it has like a very interesting context that I was like, oh, okay. So there are people who say that Judas really did believe Jesus Jesus was the Messiah, but he thought that by having him like arrested, he was going to usher in like Jesus really coming in in that militaristic type role where Jesus was going to be like, oh, okay, you guys are going to arrest me and like kill me? Okay, I'm about to rain down heaven. And, you know, we're not basing our theology on this, but that that is a very interesting thought because it's the same kind of thing you're talking about where it's like Judas is so convicted of this truth, but he's like also caught up in the fact where he's like, Jesus, why are you like not doing anything? Like, let's go, you know? Mm. Which may or may not be true, you know, but it's it's an interesting idea to think hmm. of. <laughs> I, I just wanted to bring that out there. Just yeah, to, well, to create really make conflict, it, yeah. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. I think that that'll probably catch some people, and they'll be like, "Wait a second. But I mean, caught me. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. No, I think uh, that's that's one thing that I've been talking to a lot of people about lately. Is just some of the weird things that I've been uh, pressing into. Because of that, like I, uh, in college, one of my, um, kind of, uh, first, like, I don't know, the RLC, RA of my, uh, first hall, he, he was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, he got into a debate with another guy on campus who was like big in the FCA. 
Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, I think it was almost like the inerrancy of scripture. There's some, you know, kind of big debate. And so he wrote this song that is like one of my favorite songs to this day. But mm. it was based on Galileo. Mm. And I should have wrote notes because I feel like I'm going to lose my train of thought, but we're going to bring it Probably. back. Um, <laughs> but the the song basically said like, you know, it was on that premise that Galileo invents his telescope, goes to the church and says like, hey, like, look, you can look through my telescope and see that the sun is the center of the universe, not the earth. And the church's response at the time was, we don't need to look through your telescope. We know we're right because the Bible tells us so because they interpreted the Bible a different way. Right. Um, but in that song, he writes like, if God is not afraid of truth, then he'll bless the inquiry. Um, just kind of like referring to like hard questions. And I think that as Christians, a lot of times we're very hesitant to really press into things we don't understand because we're afraid that like, it might signal that, oh, our faith is weak, you know, because we're asking this when in in actuality, I think it's the opposite. It's like, no, I am. I'm so committed to truth that I'm willing to stake that I'm wrong so that I can make sure that I'm right. Yeah. Because if, if I don't care about truth, then I shy away from things that might interfere with what I believe because I'm like, ah, that's very uncomfortable. And so for me lately, I've been going into some weird rabbit holes. <laughs> Let's be honest. There's some stuff that I tell other Christians and I'm like, oh man, these people are going to think I'm nuts. Um, but it's because I'm really like, all right, let's press into this. Um, and it's not anything like different theology, you know, mm-hmm. no, no Paul warning of a different gospel coming to you right. from an angel. But it's, it's been really eye-opening, and um, I think it's been very fruitful, and it's, it's invigorated me to really dive into the Word again. And I think it's, it's been really good, but I think it's ultimately it's been just really entertaining some really weird thoughts and questions. Um, which has kind of been the precursor to why I want to do this podcast to really just talk about hard questions. Like, let's talk about things that people disagree on. And like you mentioned, like the, the majors and the minors, like what are those? How do we differentiate those? Um, and I think that that would be a great episode in and of itself of mm-hmm. just being like, hey, like, how do you figure out what is a, a, a big thing and a little thing? Like, yeah. you know, there's, there's so many things that we as Christians... I mean, if you, even if you read, like, the letters of the New Testament, there's so many, dis, like, so many beliefs that are different but are okay. Um, and I think that was, like, they had to deal with all that, as you had the Greek people who were converting, and you had the Gentiles, and then Romans, where you had the Christians who were kicked out, and, like, this Christianity flourished, and, like, for the Jews, I think they were kicked out. In, I don't I can't remember exactly, but there's so many different ideas. And they had to wrestle with, okay, how do we go about, like, this is of God, this isn't. Um, and I think, like I mentioned a minute ago about Paul saying, like, yeah, like, if somebody comes to you with a different gospel, like, that, you you can't have anything other than Yeah, this. let like, them be Right cursed, here, yeah. like, this has got to be it. Yeah. There's no other way to heaven other than Jesus. Right. And like, let's, let's die on that hill. Yeah, right. The rest of the stuff we can learn to coexist with because there's things well that... maybe maybe because the thing is that you know uh you know uh to create conflict <laughs> uh, you know like i mean when it comes to like the catholic church you know i mean mm-hmm. bam uh you know th- you know they're praying to mary they're praying to saints um but th- that's not biblical you know well we, we, we can say that we can say that that is not biblical but the thing is, you know, they would say that that was a, that would that would be a major, maybe. I think because this is kind of a personal thing with my right. life. Right. I've, I've really dug into a lot of the early church practices, and it's really. I'm definitely more in the gray area of that than I used to be. Gray area. Yeah, because there is a lot of evidence for this type of behavior happening um, in the early church that I think... Wait, wait, what's happening in the early church? Um, praying to people who are no longer with us. Um, and I think, like, for those that aren't aware, I think the Catholic and the Orthodox viewpoint on this would be we 
are asking the saints to pray for us the same way that I would go and ask Mark to pray for me. I'd be like, hey, like, pray for me because, like, I, you know, like, if if my mom's sick, right. I'm going to go to my small group and I'm gonna say, hey, can you guys pray for me? Um, this was a conversation I got into the other day, actually. And so, like, part of me is like, okay, I understand, like, this idea of, like, yes, I would also ask for, um, you know, whatever. If I ask for somebody who's already dead, my my hurdle with it is it, it becomes to the idea of, oh, man, like, I am I circumventing the significance of the veil being torn in half when Jesus died? Like, we no longer need a high priest. We can go straight to heaven um, with our prayer. Like, God, we can commune with God now, um, whereas before we couldn't. And I think, I think that's a big thing to recognize. Um, and... Now am I just circumventing God when I could go straight to God? Uh, and so my example I, I gave to a friend of mine was like, if, if Mark owns a concert venue, and I was like, hey, there's a concert I want to go to. I, I want to get some tickets. And then I went to your brother, and I was like, hey, tell Mark to give me some tickets. Then you would probably be like, why doesn't Josh just come ask me? He knows me. Mm-hmm. And there would almost be a frustration. And so that's kind of like part of what I see it as. Um, but there's also some evidence of early church practices that seem to say that that kind of thing was still being done. And I don't have Well, this. I mean, but wouldn't you say you're mixed matching a couple of things? In the sense of we're, we're talking about dead and live people. Lost the camera. Oh, we did lose the camera. It always happens. Um, yeah, no, I think, but... You're, I mean, the thing is, he, for me, the thing is, I think God makes praying to him the number one thing. Yeah. I would, well, there's, so here's, here's oh, where it man. gets wild. Here is, we go, here we go. There's a lot of evidence about praying nope. to angels. Uh, yeah, in the Old Testament. Listen, hold on. You know we're gonna we're gonna do a little camera switch here again. Oh, that that was not even screwed on there. That was that camera was just hanging out. People, the new podcast. Bear with. Me. All right, the Mark camera's dead. You know, don't know, don't know what happened there. But uh, yeah. Let's, uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that I don't have right with me right here that I would be like, oh, let's, let's talk more on that. Um, I think it would be a, a great second podcast. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I think we're, we're coming in on the hour mark and I think that's kind of the goal. I think an hour to an hour and a half, but I right. feel like to, today's show is probably just going to be an hour. Um, so I guess we'll wrap it up here. Nice, nice. Um, but I would say there might be a second episode where we go into the uh, praying to <laughs> angels and saints. Right. <laughs> I think there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there, and my my feelings on it have swayed a little bit. I would still be like, I would rather just pray to Jesus. Why not? You know, he's if I have the ability just to pray to him, I feel like he's going to do more than anybody else. Um, but I also get caught up in, I can pray straight to Jesus, but I'm still asking you to pray for me. Yeah. But the thing we're talking about live and a dead person. So once they're dead, do you think that as soon as I die that I'm dead? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But no, no. So am I in heaven? Yeah. Yeah. You're worthless to me in a sense for like, like, uh, spiritual insight. Yeah. But am I in heaven? Sure. You, yeah, you're in heaven. Right. So like what I'm saying is... If you're a Christian, you're in heaven. Yeah. But you're worthless to me for spiritual insight. But if... That is... That's pretty darn biblical. Any Anytime, like, when, when Saul called up Samuel, even God was like, this is not... But did he say the right thing? Yeah, he did. Yeah. But that was not necessarily, you know... What's interesting about that story is how shocked the uh, witch the was. The witch was, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Who... People, people skip over that a lot, where they're like, oh, God, this actually worked, and she freaked out. Yeah, I mean, but I, <laughs> but I, I, I think, you know, I, I believe that God 
and you know to keep this short but uh you know to i would say that god believes that 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 domain believe like belongs to him and nobody else and it and it's weird to me that you know the catholic church would make that a big deal um but i i don't I, think i don't think i, I really don't think you you, you don't they... gain you don't gain anything by praying to somebody when you could just pray to the ultimate yeah Right, like you don't. Well, I mean, I anything. agree with that, but I don't. Right, think so the thing is, they... if that's the case, then what is the deal? What is the deal? I mean, you know, it's a great, yeah. great. What is great the deal? Second, podcast. what is the deal, folks? Yeah, that's gonna be. What is the deal? Yeah. So come back and figure out what the deal really is. Well, yeah. Um, but okay, so we didn't figure out a name, but we did talk about a few things. We brought some controversy up. Uh, I think that is for sure. Uh, what do you think of the show? Leave a comment um, or rate this on your podcast. I don't know. Uh, what do you do as a podcast? It's hard to say. This is the first one. Had uh, two camera failures throughout the middle of it. Um, so that was fun. But, you know, you can't win them all, folks. So, I don't know. Let me know what the name should be. That's a great, great first start. Yeah. And then uh, we'll go from there. And then maybe we'll get some graphics and we'll put some graphics down here and uh, we'll have some names pop up. and. It could be good. Well, thanks for having me on, Josh. It was hey, great. I was, you know? I, I'm privileged to be your first podcast guest. I love it. Hey, thanks. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully everything recorded, you know? So <laughs> yeah, right. That would, that would really suck if there was no audio here. It's very probable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks. All right. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, that's probably good. That's probably good. <laughs>